Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser. You can follow myself on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod, and you can follow producer T at producer underscore T-E-E. We have two great interviews this episode. Uh, one with one with Ronald Lee Adams. You can find him on Twitter at Ronald Lee Adams four. And then we have an interview with the man they call Jaws uh, from the Sharks Nation Facebook page. Uh, make sure you give that a follow. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be pretty much the bulk of the episode. Uh, we 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 talked some San Jose Sharks. We talked a little coronavirus. We kind of covered it all. So why don't we get right into it? Let's start off with, uh, actually, you know what? Let me let me flip a coin here. Uh, Jaws Jaws of uh, Sharks Nation on Facebook. He'll be heads, and we'll put Ronald Lee Adams as tails. Here we go. Oh, looks like it's heads. All right, we uh, let's jump into the Jaws interview right now. All right, folks, a huge treat. We have the man they call Jaws of the Sharks Nation Facebook page. Jaws, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm good, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Staying healthy in this uh, crazy climate. I mean, as well as you can be, but you never know. So, obviously, what we're talking about is the coronavirus. Um, And I just want to know, in your area... What's some of the crazy stuff that you've seen people do because of this coronavirus? The crazy thing that you just said that last night at about nine o'clock, our news reported that I think it was four people got stabbed up at our local Sam's Club by some 19-year-old kid, I guess. Didn't have what they wanted or they were rationing out not enough of what he wanted. So it's getting... It's already the Thunderdome out here in West Texas, but it's getting a little worse. Wow, that is that is not the answer that we expected, uh, but we love it. You know, up here in Canada, I think things are, maybe they're just a little more tame than down there. We've had some verbal, uh, you know, arguments and spats up here over, over toilet paper and stuff, but nobody's been stabbed. Yeah, no so stabbing so far. That's uh, <laughs> something else. Um, how has this affected your day-to-day life uh, other than having no sharks, uh, sharks hockey to watch? Personal life, not too much, but I mean, any plans that I've made, We, me and a buddy were supposed to go down to the American Airlines Center, catch a Sharks game, canceled. Local Comic-Con here, canceled. Just anything that we can make a plan for, gone. All the sports that you could watch on TV, gone. So, you find out you're kind of a boring-ass person in the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been tough for everybody, but we're, uh, we're trying to push through here, especially on the podcast. Uh, let's jump over to some San Jose Sharks talk. How did you originally become a San Jose Sharks fan? I've always picked sports teams kind of in a first exposure kind of thing, and my sister used to live up in the NorCal area, so she had one of those badass uh, 90s starter jackets. And being a little lesser, I guess a poorer family, you get hand-me-downs. Well, I love the thing, so I was like, oh, this is my this is my team. So around 2010, when I really 
found the hockey bug after our local team. I went to a few games. I was like, these are the guys. That's amazing. So it worked out for me. Sucks that we didn't win the cup, but kind of glad that they didn't that year because I'd have looked like a jackass if they did. Uh, 2009-10. Yeah, that's that's a great story. You know, we've been asking everybody uh, this question, all the fans that we interview, and uh, it's always neat to see, you know, the last guy we had, Ronald Lee Adams, um, you know, he just saw the colors of the San Jose Sharks, and he said, you know what, that's my team. So, yeah, definitely interesting to hear that. And, you know, so you, you, you say that you're a, a big fan, and we're all big fans, and we know that this season, it, it's been a tough one. Uh, we really want to know what's your opinion of how it's been going, because it must be tough, especially, you know, with how it's been. The, the thing that weirds me out the most of it all, yeah, I figured we, it would be kind of a down season and all that, but the names that were tossed around that were supposed to be the next guys up coming out of the AHL, have completely regressed and become almost like ECHL guys almost. And then the guys that we're calling them now weren't even, we weren't even looking at them at the beginning of the season to plug those holes that Doug thought that he had. No, that's, that's a great point. And I mean, it's, it's a little bit worrisome, you know, going into the next two seasons, I, I'd say our pipeline isn't as full as we'd like it to be. So that's uh that's kind of an area for concern. Uh, do you think the Sharks are gonna, are gonna make any big moves this summer? Maybe change the direction that this team is going in. I mean, you've you're committed to Eric Carlson for eight years, so I mean, everything flows through sixty five. But I mean, if you you look down, I think it's in the Ontario League. We have uh, Ryan Merkley just killing it down there, but. He's a really little guy. I'm kind of thinking maybe we take that Burns experiment approach. Maybe that could be a really good board for us instead of a defenseman. But outside of that, I mean, unless we just turn one of those, that first round pick that we got into something else, there's really not much that we can do cash or piecewise. So, so you think just, you know, stay on the same track that we're going. You know, you have these big contracts. You're going to have to play it out. Is that kind of your stance on the team? We're in purgatory for a long-ass time, it feels. Yeah. We're not awful, but we're not good. And that's that's one of the toughest spots to be in in sports, right? Because the, the end goal is to win a cup. And, and like you said, with the contracts we have, it's going to make it even tougher to do that. And everybody's on the at least we've all of our money's in defensemen and two of them are on the wrong side of 30. So it's not getting better. It's just going to go downhill more. So what are you going to do? This is the trials and tribulations period for us, I guess. So hopefully it pays off in the end and we get a cup. Yeah, it, it for sure feels like it, it's uh, like you mentioned, it, it feels like purgatory is definitely here and, and it might be here for a little while, but we've had some great years behind us and, what what is what is your favorite uh, sharks moment that you look back on and think that that's 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 the moment? Man, it's gonna sound really corny, but that game seven for Vegas, man, just me. This that game was at like midnight or one o'clock where I am going into that overtime. I had work the next day. My wife had work the next day. I'm sitting there watching it on Hulu on my phone just to be quiet and. We get that goal, and I just went absolutely ape shit, pissed off my wife, our roommate, but I didn't care because <laughs> it was just great. 
Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's kind of a trend with uh, all our fan inter- interviews. Everybody brings up that goal, but you know what? I don't think Sharks fans mind. I think I think everybody likes bringing up that moment because it was such a big moment. Um, do you have a favorite San Jose Shark player on this roster? On this roster, I love Lassick, the guy and the player. He gets a lot of crap now because, yeah, he's regressed, but... I mean, up until this year, he was really one of the best, like, he's the blue-collar shutdown defenseman for a long time for us. I mean, he's one of the main San Jose Sharks that was making those Team Canada Olympic teams every time. And, I mean, you've got Victor. Like, you, there's so many great defensemen, and here's this guy who's not a goal scorer, not really an assist guy, but he is just locked down all the time. And it's just something I appreciate. Yeah, de- definitely one of the more underrated players uh, for the San Jose Sharks over the past decade, I'd say. Uh, like you said, all those Team Canada appearances, you know, and th- that's what defense is about, right? It's not about putting up those goals. It's about defending in your own end. I mean, if you're not getting goals as an offensive defenseman, then you're kind of just a pylon at that point, so. Yeah, f- for sure. Um, so we want to kind of ask, the, you mentioned that you had uh, made, some, made some plans to see the Sharks and that had been canceled. But uh, we, we're, we're asking every fan, have you been out down to the, the SAP arena? And if so, what's maybe your favorite game that you've seen? I have never been to the tank, man. But I think every game I've been to has been at the American Airlines Center. So that's home to me, I guess. Have you seen the Sharks play at the American Airlines Center? I have, I think this would have been my fourth game, but I have sat directly behind our bench. I think I dropped about 300 for each for those tickets, but I, well worth it. And that was in 2000, I think that was the 15 season when we were bad, bad, but I didn't care. It didn't matter. Did you, uh, did you get a selfie with the coach while you're, while you're behind the bench? Not so much a selfie, but I took a, just a thousand pictures. And I actually, in one game, I had a. This was back when we had Staylock. He tossed me a puck while I was taking pictures, and this is like an old, like old can like digital camera that with the the telescope lens. I and I just started playing goalie, so I caught it with that hand that I just happened to have the the stupid camera in. It broke the lens, but I was like, you know what? That's super cool, and I can't be mad about that. Good problems is what I said. Yeah, you know what? I think any any San Jose Sharks fan would take that trade off. And let's be honest, a digital camera like that, it's it's going to be useless in a couple of years because all the cameras are in the phones now. Exactly. There you exactly. go. And I still have the puck, so. That's, that's awesome, man. Uh, like we said, you run a Sharks fan page on Facebook. Uh, why don't you, we'll give you the floor for a minute or two to kind of pump up your brand on, on Facebook and where the people can find you. Well, we're on uh, Facebook as San Jose Sharks Nation, and we've been around, I think, since 2011, 2010, but I got on at about the end of the 11, start of the 2012 season. But we our main goal is... Providing, like, period-to-period updates for all the games that we try to make. Being here in Texas is a little difficult when we've got those games at 12 o'clock here at night. But if it's draft, we provide updates for all the draft players that we do. Any little news 
or major NHL news, we try to keep on top of that. It's just a constant stream of, so you're not having to pull from this source, this source, and this source. We kind of try to do that for everyone and then just localize it to our Facebook page. And it's a small, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We have about a little under, we're just under 2K fans now. And they're all great. We have the same people always participating with us. And you get, it's ran by fans, for fans. So it's fun to interact with people that will have a different view from you about which way the team should go or what you think of this signing. Because the Carlson signing and the Pavelski walking, I mean, it was just day and night what we were getting. Some people are pumped. Some people are just furious. But it's just a good place for fans. And we try to keep the hatred to each other at a zero. So it's just, just Sharks love for everybody. And it's just a good general page to get your Sharks news. Because we pull it from the Curses and all, like, the Randy Haunts, everybody. Awesome. That's what we love to hear. Uh, all you San Jose Sharks fans, make sure you go on Facebook and find that page, Sharks Nation. Uh, Jaws, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, hopefully we can get you back on at some point, maybe in the summer where, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to find something to talk about like we are now with no hockey, but we really appreciate you coming on the show and supporting the podcast. I appreciate you guys doing the show every two days or every two times a week, man. It gets me through work when I'm driving down three hours to place to place. So I appreciate y'all. Awesome. That's, that's what we love to hear. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Have a good one, man. Big shout out to Jaws from the Sharks Nation Facebook page. And now we're going to get into our interview with Ronald Lee Adams. Uh, This guy's one of the biggest fans of the Stick Hungry podcast. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, Here we go. All right, folks. We're joined by one of the biggest fans of the Stick Hungry podcast, Ronald Lee Adams. You can find him on Twitter at Ronald Lee Adams 4. Ron, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Not bad at all. How are you doing? Not too shabby. Stay staying cl- nice and clean and healthy with the uh, coronavirus going on? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, nothing that I don't normally do. So it's not like it's a big deal, but it's just so strange. Watching people buy a toilet paper. They clean out the place of toilet paper. Every place around me. Toilet paper, paper napkins, paper towels, all gone. Yeah, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of that up here in uh, Canada as well. You're uh, you're in Colorado Springs, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So how, how's the weather doing there? You guys pass winter yet? Winter is always mild. It's notoriously mild. The worst winter months, believe it or not, happen in March and April where they usually get the heavy, wet snow. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Winter, yeah, winter itself is just pretty unpredictable and mild by comparison. Most people think because it's a ski ski state, snows here all the time. It's not like that at all, at least not in the springs. Hey, you know, we're, we're up here in Vancouver Island, and we don't see much snow either, so uh, we can go along with that. But while we're on the topic of this coronavirus, I want to hear a bit more from yourself and how this whole pandemic has kind of affected day-to-day life, maybe not for yourself, but maybe, you know, people around you. 
Um, for me, I mean, it's kind of like I remember the kind of remember the last two that they had, and they really didn't affect because they just never reached this part of the country. They're pretty slow-moving viruses, and they just never made it here. Uh, it wasn't like you see now with people just going crazy, buying stuff off the shelves, toilet tissue, napkins, bleach. I mean, stuff that I normally buy, but I can't buy it now because it's all gone. And they're, now they're hitting the uh, dishwashing liquid. And I mean, there's not a whole lot that I would change. Kind of like anything that you feel like is the place that I'm working at going to stay open for how much longer? I don't know. Um, and all of the other stuff that goes along with, am I going to be able to go to work? How long am I going to be out of work? And all of that anxiety that didn't exist before that's going on now. Pretty strange. Yeah, it's uh, it's really come in qu- quite fast and furious, hasn't it? But uh, you know, so when you go to say your local Costco or Walmart, are people lined up around the corner like they are up here? Because I'll be honest, it's it's been crazy up here. There's been lineups outside of the door, you know, around the entire store with hundreds of people gathering together. No, around here is kind of like the. Um... Because I live, like, in the center of, like, three different grocery stores that are, like, within a mile or so. And it's not that fast and furious as far as people rushing in and rushing out and all of that stuff. It's kind of like just waves of people, you know, 20 minutes it'll be full, then they'll empty out. And another next 20 minutes full of people, then they'll empty out. It's been kind of organized, but it's still they're buying up all the same stuff. Well, I haven't seen any of the lines just a lot of people. It's, it sounds fairly civil, which is actually, you know, kind of a good thing. We need some positivity nowadays. Yeah, I mean, that, that helps. I mean, uh, hopefully it's not as bad as everybody's making it seem, but it's just kind of hard to, um, to maintain. It's kind of hard. It makes it hard when you see people just losing it. Some people are kind of, you know, joking about, like, wow, oh, why are they buying up all the toilet tissue? But it should be like food they should be buying. So far, they haven't really tested a lot of the food. They're just still going crazy for the toilet tissue and the bleach and baby wipes. <sighs> I mean, you know, we I've gone through a couple of crises here before. They had two forest fires here, 2012, 2013. We had two forest fires, so that was kind of weird trying to trying to get to sleep and always the smell of smoke. And you could hear the embers hitting the windshields, uh, feel the embers hitting your face when you walked outside, and that was kind of scary. It was the whole city going I don't know. I've dealt with anxiety before as far as a disaster, but this one, this one kind of feels like the Stephen King novel, The Stand. If you've read that, if you haven't read that, go ahead and do that. But it's exactly like that, word for word. There you go, people. Go check out that one by Stephen King. 300 pages so you don't have anything else to do that's true yeah i mean you know it's it's definitely scary times and you know it's it's affected uh the nhl and it's it's affected our sharks and turning to the sharks ronald we really want to know how did you become a sharks fan based out in colorado springs there that's kind of weird too 
it happened like what? Ninety one was when they became a team. I remember I was walking home from work by this uh, athletic store that I always go to shop at, and there there was they had a big old stand, chock full, about six and a half feet tall of shark hats, and it just strikes your eye right there. The, the colors, the team colors, that the black, the turquoise, black hat with the turquoise brim, and I looked, walked over and looked at it. And I, looked at the logo and I said, oh, look at that. That's pretty cool. That's a cool looking logo. And I bought that hat and I've been kind of interested in the Sharks ever since. Although hockey back in the day was not really for TV because it was standard definition and you could not see the puck at all. (laughs) And I can remember trying to watch like a Stanley Cup and it's like, what the hell? Where's the puck? And they had that one puck that Fox came out with I had like a little um, chip in it, and it would colorize as it zipped across the floor. You see it zipped from one person's stick to another. They did that for a while. That didn't really help. Didn't hurt, but it didn't help. Now you have high def TV. Pretty sure that's helped hockey more than anything. But I'm not really like 100% schooled on hockey. I appreciate the sport. I like the dynamic that it brings. It's like a little bit of football, a little bit of rugby, a little bit of uh, basketball, a little bit of soccer all rolled into one. And I like sports, and I like the Sharks. I definitely like the team color, team logo. And that was how I became a fan. I remember, because I'm originally out from Kansas City, and I know they used to have a farm club in Kansas City at one point in time. I'm not mistaken, I might be. And they moved to Iowa, and then they went, you know, back closer to home. But, yeah, I've been interested in the Sharks for a while, since their first day on the planet. I remember running into Ricci when he was an avalanche, and the avalanche used to um, have their, like, spring training down in Colorado Springs at the Air Force Academy. And they would filter out through town, and Ricci attracted a lot of girls. <laughs> the, a lot of groups. The OG man rocket of the league was Ricci. He 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 was something else. Yeah, he was. I mean, I just ran. I didn't want to talk to him because he was, you know, he was. <laughs> aside from being surrounded by a lot of girls, he was avalanche. I wasn't into the avalanche, but I was kind of sorry I didn't get his didn't get his autograph. Although I did feel weird because I still had my Sharks hat. I'm like, what am I going to put it on? The Sharks hat? <laughs> what are the odds of him playing for the Sharks? Now we know. We wound up playing for the Sharks not too long after that. Still with the Sharks now. So, done move, but. Hey, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Right. I did get one Bay Area a sports uh, legend, uh, Lester Hayes. He autographed it. Oh, there you, you know, go. Lester Hayes from uh, Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I got his autograph on it. Kept it on there for a little while. Beauty. That cool. That's uh, that's an interesting story, though. It shows you what uh, good team colors and a good logo can actually do for a franchise. All right, Ron. So we want to hear your opinion on this San Jose Sharks season. We know, you know we've been well out of the playoffs for you know a, a couple months, I guess. Uh, but we want to hear from the fans. Has it been at least an entertaining season to follow for you? No. I mean, there's nothing entertaining about losing. There have been some highs and some lows, but 
you know, I, I expected the season to happen. Those happen. I mean, they've been a good team for a very long time. They've made the playoffs for virtually half the time they've been on the planet. So it's kind of like this is going to happen sooner or later. And for the most part, they have that. And this is that season where it finally caught them. You know, like the New England Patriots, you see their fans, they're, they are all upset because they know this is the end and they don't want it to be the end. But for the Sharks, I know it's not like that. They have these fans and they have the resiliency in the overall pro- all right, Ron. You, they you, haven't you, done in a long time. Uh, you you mentioned that um, we've had a lot of good years as a franchise, uh, the Sharks. Um, do you have a favorite Sharks moment in particular that really stands out to you over the over the years? It has to be Goodrow's goal in overtime. I mean, that trumps all of the other favorite Sharks moment right there. As soon as they put him in, I said he's going to score. I think he only played like four or five minutes total. You watch the whole game. They were dead tired. Everybody is dead tired. He's the only guy that isn't. He said, he's going to score. I just know he's going to score. I just know it. And he went in and just scored. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. This is why you love sports. And this is why you love participating in, every, in any way you can. And... For me, it's just being a fan because I know I can't backwards skate. So, yeah, just being a fan and watching that goal, that was probably the biggest moment for me as a Sharks fan. Yeah, I think that's going to be a trend. I think that's going to be a trend with our uh, fan interviews. I think a lot of people are going to bring up that goal because it was such a big moment. Uh, Situ was such a a big moment for the Sharks. Do you remember where you were at that time? I was sitting at home watching it. I was sitting at home watching it, and I watched the whole game, and I watched the uh, disgust that the uh, the um, Vegas Knights had, and I still pick it up on Twitter that they're still upset about that and the whole, you know, banner that they have, the league apologize and all this crap. I'm like, you know, if anybody should be apologizing, it should be the five people they had on the ice whose job it was to stop the puck from going into the net, especially the goal. He got paid to do that, and he didn't do it. But, um, man, I, I can't, I just can't believe some of the stuff that goes on on the ice sometimes. But I was, um, I was at home watching the whole thing. The whole thing. Awesome. Just like myself, I was nice and comfy at home watching it. Um, have you ever gone to the SAP Center to watch a live San Jose Sharks game? I know it's a bit of a trek for yourself. It's a long way. That would be a dream to go to San Jose and to uh, watch a Shark game. I mean, even to catch them up at the Pepsi Center, one of those years. I would have loved to have done that, but I just never could. So most likely would be going up to the Pepsi Center and watching them wreck the other. Well, uh, let, let's get a GoFundMe page and get uh, let's get Ron Adams to a San Jose Sharks game. How about that? <laughs> Thanks a lot, man, for joining us on the podcast. We, we really appreciate you. You're one of the biggest fans of the Stick Hungry podcast, and we just really want to show our appreciation. Thank you very much. I love the show, and uh, I'll, I'll keep doing what you're doing. I love the new logo, too. 
Awesome. Thanks, man. We really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, our, our open phone line is always open if you ever want to leave a voicemail. I know the fans love, uh, you know, when we interact with different people, get some different opinions going. So, yeah, once again, we really thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stick Hungry Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, there you go, Ronald Lee Adams. Great interview. Great interview with both of you guys. Uh, Jaws on on Sharks Nation uh, on Facebook. We actually have an open phone segment this week, so let's uh, let's get right into it. All right, it's the Sharks Line brought to you by the Open Phone app. We have uh, we have a new submission this week, um, so let's uh, let's get right into it. Actually, hi there. My name is Mason, and I wanted to say a little random fun fact about the San Jose Sharks. And that fact is, besides the Lightning, every team Tavares met with in free agency went on to go farther in the playoffs than the team he eventually signed with, which those teams were San Jose, Boston, the Islanders and the Dallas Stars. All right, that's it. Also, make sure you go follow my Twitter account at MasonJM777. Goodbye. There you go. Uh, that's that's a hell of a fact, a uh, hell of a Sharks fact. Well, it, kind of with uh, John Tavares. It, it was rumored that uh, San Jose was a potential landing spot. I don't know. It makes you wonder, though. Uh, this team would look pretty good with a top center like that. He did put up 47 goals uh, in his first season with the Leafs. So, uh, gr- great fact. Um, but I'd like to see Tavares and Seal. That'd be nice. We'll, we'll give him straight up. We'll give Carlson up for Tavares. How about that? I don't see the Leafs doing that. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the show. Uh, big shout out to everybody that appeared on the show. Uh, Jaws from Sharks Nation on Facebook. Uh, Ronald Lee Adams. Producer T will be back on Monday. Um, in studio for a banger of an episode as always thanks everybody for joining us on this episode of the stick hungry podcast